What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello. It's Monday night, so you know what that means. Yeah, on Swordsman Light Conduct with Evan Swords. Evan, good evening, sir. How are you? Doing well, man. How are you doing? Nobody builds five G like Verizon builds five G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, the Falcons hired their coach. You lost your defensive coordinator. You made some promotions. We're now old enough where D'Amico Ryan's can coordinate defenses. Things are good, right? Yeah, it's uh, I feel I I just well, I mean for many reasons, but I feel like the Falcons and 49ers will have a connection for a long time, mm. and it it just continues to grow, doesn't it? Well, I mean we're now Titans South essentially, especially if Dean right. comes out of retirement. So I don't know how I feel about all that, but we'll, we'll get to that on, on this show. Um, I got to say, mm-hmm. I will say this about D'Amico. We like him a lot more than Tevin Coleman mm. in terms of what we got from the Falcons. We very much so are enjoying D'Amico more than Tevin Coleman. Well, that's good, man. That's good. Um, there you go. Well, Mr. Swords, you've been, uh, you've been snowboarding. You've been uh, hitting the Alps. What uh, what have you been? Were, were you able to tune in this weekend? How did you How did you manage? How did you organize your weekend? Of course, I'm. So I'm basically on full vacation. Um, yeah, I don't really understand your life right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. So I, I mean, I'm I'm staying with a buddy in Salt Lake for a month. Oh, nice. Um, just in general, my best friend. So he had an extra spare room, and I needed to, wanted to get out of L.A. It's get a little crazy out there, and everything's closed and COVID's pretty bad. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to see a friend. Um, but this week specifically is like my birthday week. So we're, uh, we, <laughs> we all took COVID tests right before we came and came out and got together and haven't seen them in a while. And yeah, we definitely prioritize watching football. I will tell you that much. When is your birthday? Uh, this Thursday, Thursday. Okay. Hell yeah, man. Happy early birthday, buddy. Thank you, man. Getting older every day. I saw on Instagram a birthday thing that you posted, and I was like, oh, fuck. Is it his birthday today? And I did not realize it. Yeah, so I'm glad that uh, that was not a thing. First off, if you just knew when my birthday was, we'd that would be kind of weird. You know, it's a, true. It's not true. like a, it's not like in my profile picture on Twitter or something. When would you guess my birthday is? Um, You know, I don't have a lot to go off of. Well, you could go off uh, um, horoscopes if you're a big horoscope guy. I, I, I'm not. Uh, okay. I would imagine your parents probably. I don't know, like where this cons- is going. 
conceived you. Mm-hmm. It's Atlanta, so mm-hmm. people are probably doing a lot. La- you know, it's like gets cold. So yeah, I'm gonna say July. Really close. I'm April. Okay. April okay, 18th. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. It's coming up. It is coming up. Well, not. I mean, you're coming up first. Like yours is. Well, yeah. Is this week. Um, right. Do you want to reveal go. how old you're turning? Evan. Of course, I have no issues with that at all. I am going to be turning 33. Hell yeah! I yeah, like man, it. I'm excited. It's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a good week uh, mm-hmm. for me. It's a good week for sports. It's mm-hmm. a good week uh, for a lot of things, isn't it? I mean, first and foremost, I feel like a lot of things that I've said on this podcast mm-hmm. have become solidified in fact. Right? We talked about how the Steelers are frauds. And what is another thing that we talked about? The Aaron Rodgers fuck you tour. Yes. Oh boy, is he having a fuck you tour or what? Well, we'll get into all that. We'll we'll get into all that because I think you're actually being a little too over the top with Aaron Rodgers this week. I I, I do think you're being a little over the top, but we will we will get into that. Um, how do we do in our pick'em? Did I go four or no this past weekend? I think I did. No, oh, I didn't. I picked fuck. the fucking Ravens. God, I just realized I did pick the Ravens over the Bills. Yeah, so, one. okay. So, you chose uh, the Saints, and I chose the Bucks. Oh, no. Did I go Saints? Yeah, we both picked the Packers, mm-hmm. and we both picked the P- Chiefs. Two and so, two. So, you went three and one. Yep. You beat me. Well, that's we'll, – we'll strike it from the record. We'll uh, just call it the birthday weekend. That's all. <laughs> you know, we're give, you're giving me one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A um, couple of news items that I wanted to hit before we get into some other our time, our team segment with the Falcons and Niners. Um, there was a potential protest in Houston. Did you see this? Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I did see it, and I thought Deshaun Watson's tweet uh, just showed once again why he's an incredible professional and an yeah. athlete. But yeah, tell tell the world. He said, "Quote." So there was a like apparently going to be some. There were some rumblings that the Texans fans were going to protest in the streets in a in a just large setting. Um, what's going on um, with Cal McNair in that front office in Houston? And he went to Twitter to say, "Quote." Although I am humbled, I ask that whoever is organizing the march cancel for the sake of public safety. Um, COVID is spreading at a high rate and I don't want any fans to unnecessarily expose themselves to infection. So he got word and, um, did the responsible, right, mature thing and said, no, don't do that. Um, kind of insane that we're at that point now that Texans fans are taking to the streets to, um, revolt against, um, the direction of the Houston Texans. Uh, what do you make of all of this? Well, I mean, clearly there's just a lot of people in Texas that were probably in a protesting mood. They mm. just wanted to keep it rolling, you know? I, I no, all, get all, yeah. all jokes aside, all jokes aside, uh, following the news, especially all the reports that have been coming out, um, you know, it really does not only just look like, yeah, Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play there. You know, he wants to go play for a better team, whatever. But it sounds like there's a lot of bad things happening there in terms of like how they treat players, uh, you know, how they handled the coaching hiring situation and, and a lot of different things to that 
I think fans are starting to realize how, you know, how bad this organization is. And, you know, Deshaun Watson is when you have that bad of an organization and you're starting to understand the severity of it, and then you lose potentially the only good thing really that you have right now. Like I understand the fans frustrations and I understand them wanting to be hurt because I mean, you know, obviously everyone knows, or if you're not familiar, the Texans owner, you know, McNair passed away and his son is now you know, obviously the owner uh, and people in the organizations, it was, it was reported, call him Tommy boy. So that says a lot in itself. Yeah, not good. Um, the Easterby stuff is weird. Nick Casario, who they tried to lure away from New England last year um, and could not do so for a variety of reasons. They ultimately got him. Deshaun not happy about the interview process, not excited about the coaching prospects. It's interesting to me that he was a two for the Hopkins trade and a 10 for um, this offseason. I thought that was fascinating. Um, I do think, um, I don't know where you are on this. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot because the Eric Bidemi stuff is coming up a lot among NFL Twitter and football fans. And I'm reading a lot of different pieces. And um, when you make the comment that, like, how does Urban Meyer get an NFL job before Eric Benemy? And it's fair. Um, those are fair questions to ask of, like, what what's happening here? Why is he not getting a job? And there is, by all accounts, issues with um, his past. And there are things that are... Um, it seems I think it was Brent Albright of Denver. Um, I forgot. It, who he's yeah, it was. Yeah, who pointed this out, and that is something that's not really being mentioned. But then you, it's fair to be like, well, okay, that can be the case. But then how do you bring in Urban Meyer with his past? Like that's a fair question to ask, and I don't know what went into that um, decision making and why certain teams are passing and why certain teams are taking chances on people like Urban Meyer. I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but. I do think there is more nuance to this conversation, and I I don't know. But also, the people who seem to believe, and this is something that I always get annoyed about. Like, I wrote about this with the Falcons. Arthur Smith, his job with the Falcons will depend entirely on the offensive line. If the offensive line goes back to what they were two years ago, and they keep Matt Ryan, and they keep the majority of this core together, then guess what? They're going to be a playoff team and a contender. If the offensive line is in the 25th, 24th ranking in PFF, like they have been the last two years, and Matt Ryan is running for his life in his late 30s, they're not, and he's going to get fired. Like, ultimately, you can dwindle a lot of this stuff down, especially with aging quarterbacks. The Steelers had to rebuild their offensive line. The Colts survived with Phillip Rivers because they had the best offensive line in football. Like, that's just how you have to do it if you're going to keep an old quarterback back there. Um, I don't know if Eric Benjamin would be a good coach. Matt Nagy was supposed to be a good coach. Doug Peterson was supposed to be a good coach. They they come from the tree, and they've been bad. And Matt Nagy should have probably been fired. And Doug Peterson just got fired. Like, the idea that we just know that Eric Benemy is just uh, going to be awesome, I, I don't know. Like, we, we really have no idea. And I don't like the, the certainty in how we talk about any of these coaching hours. I'm like, I have no idea if Arthur Smith is going to be good in Atlanta. I have no idea if Eric Bidemey would be good in Jacksonville. Who knows? Um, he might be great. He might be terrible at managing people. He might be terrible at hiring. Like, I, I have no idea. I have zero idea, and it kind of troubles me that there's just no nuance, and um, there's no real 
explanation and it seems like there's a huge disconnect between the people who are in the camp of this dude should have had a job by now and the people who are like well he's like untouchable when you look at like guys like urban getting jobs so i think there's a lot of a lot of fair critiques to be had across the board i just i don't know um where, where do you stand on all of that i mean it, it, there is a lot of nuance and i think there is a lot of you know there's a lot of different ways to approach it um you know I would be remiss to say, especially on Martin Luther King Day, that black men need to be there needs to be a, a bigger presence of black coaches in the NFL. It's absurd that, you know, 80 percent of the NFL is black men and there's two coaches. So I think just when you think about it from that perspective, that's why like originally I was kind of like, you know, like, yeah, this guy's not only for that reason alone, but also let's look at what he's doing with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes like you can't well can we also mention it's a it's a quadruple situation like did you read the um the MMQB this morning with Albert Breer no so I didn't even realize they they have a passing game coordinator it's Benemy it's Reid it's Kafka and then there's like this other guy I think it's Niedemeyer or something something like that but they have four people in the offensive room that like all come together for their play calling like the, the how the Chad Henney came play came together. It's like, well, no, it's not just Eric Benemy. It's like it, it's a group. Like everything, it's a group effort. Like the Chiefs. Um, I don't know if this is the case. I mean, it's probably the case in San Francisco too with the guys there. And I'm sure Sean McVay consults with Kevin O'Connell. Like I understand that they're ultimately the final say in the play callings, that like stratosphere. But I do think it's a it's a group effort in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. But I I I still just think you know. He, I think he deserves a chance. I think we want to see it happen. But then, you know, what Ben Albright and others have discussed is a very serious concern. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't want to compare things like that. Like, oh, what about Urban Meyer? Like, I, I think in those types of situations, you need to discuss them and handle them in their own box, right? Like, it's a, it's an individual situation that should be discussed individually. Like. I don't want to compare bad things to, you know, what's one's worse no, or anything it's, like that. It's a fair thing to be like, well, Josh McDaniels, where, what character test is he passing? Like, how do you explain the Josh McDaniels? Does Josh McDaniels have, like, a history of, of well, I mean, like, he, he said yes to the like Colts. That? I mean, yeah, yeah. They're all different. I, and that's, that's a fair point. Like, they're all different. Um, no, I was genuinely asking. I don't know if that's what you were saying. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying that, like, he backed out of the Colts job. And what happened right. with Denver? Like, it's just, like, he has... If you're going to explain, like, I don't know how you sell McDaniels deserves a job more than um, Eric Benemy. But I also just look at guys like Anthony Lynn, who I, I think deserves another head coaching job. I think he is, I, I would bet, if I had to bet on a coach having more success at the NFL level, um, it would be Anthony Lynn over Urban Meyer. Like, it would be Anthony Lynn over a handful of coaches right now. Like, I think it, um, like Dan Campbell, we have no idea what that's going to be. Like, I, Dan Mangio's Campbell, that, that in itself, no one knows about that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I do, I do think there are a lot of examples where it's like, I don't understand why this person, is, like Raheem Morris at this point deserves a shot being the CEO coach. Like, I, from, the guys just fight for him and he's just he's coached every position group like i think he'd hire a really good staff but he's gonna be the dc in jacksonville like i don't really understand like why you wouldn't just hire raheem and let him do put together a super staff i i I don't know these are all questions that i just have and i'm i'm just not sure of the answer to any of them but i do think their conversations worth having it's just i would prefer we have them with nuance and actually really get to the 
the root and try and figure out what's going on here. Yeah. Um, it's it just sucks, the one man. thing I, the one thing I will say is the NFL season is not over yet. It, coaching decisions don't have to be made yet. There's still a lot of positions open. Uh, I, don't I mean, know. who it else is going to get him? Like, if you look at what's open, who is re- like, I don't know. The NFL really has I a problem I here. can't believe that Urban Meyer got a head coaching position. I really can't. And especially like the Jaguars, number one overall pick. Like, like I just feel like it's such a shitty thing. Like Urban Meyer has been such a piece of shit for so long. And he, you know, gets basically ran out of Ohio State. And then he just gets to get the number one overall pick coach one of the greatest college I mean, he's the second best prospects. college football coach of all time um i understand the line of thinking of like dipping your toes in and seeing what happens there but i'm more concerned about the health stuff like urban meyer left because of brain cyst issues and the last time we saw him on a sideline mm-hmm. he was falling over like and no one no one believes that no, no i do 100 like that that's a real thing 100 like his health stuff's real like that dude does not handle stress well at all as someone who does not handle stress i i understand um that aspect and he takes losing way too hard by all accounts but um that's the way he's wired so i don't i don't expect it to go well in jacksonville but yeah man i don't i don't know because brandon staley now gets the chargers job um kingsbury's probably not gonna get the axe zach taylor's not getting the axe like marvin lewis is another one who i'm like i don't know why he like i would give him another job like i let him build out his staff he's been good in arizona state like he that dude's just a winner and let him build out a great staff i i would be more than happy to see him get another there's just a lot of qualified people that deserve it and deserved real looks that didn't get it because you look at eagles i think they interviewed todd Bowles, and we'll see what happens there but i i'm I'm gonna guess they hired josh mcdaniels if i had to guess um and then you look at the bears are gonna keep Nagy, and what other opening is it like am i missing something who's the other opening no i mean you 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 you've tied it up pretty well i i would agree with you um I, i i i gotta say there's a there's a couple couple coaching hires that I just don't understand. So give it to me, give it to me. Well, I mean, like, I just I really don't get the Urban Meyer hire. I just I don't understand. I mean, we've already talked about that in itself. It's going to be great or an abject disaster. There's no middle ground for the Urban Meyer hire. Either it's just going to be a genius move and he's just going to transition perfectly, or this is going to be a just unbelievable catastrophe. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just a weird thing. And then you look at like Mike McCarthy and like Dallas, and he just, and there's just a lot of hires that I, I'm not really happy with. Cliff Kingsbury, it seems like people are starting to understand that he's not as innovative and impressive as people thought he was going to be bringing that offense. Um, so there's, yeah, we'll we'll see down the road. We will. Well, let's get into our time, our team, Falcons and Niners. Um, would you like to go first on your Niners? No, you can go ahead, man. Okay. So, Arthur Smith hired as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Terry Fontenot's probably following as GM, been the assistant GM in New Orleans. Um, very good scout. New Orleans has scouted very well with Jeff Ireland and Mickey Loomis um, as of late. Excited about that. I think Terry Fontenot will be great. Um, fingers crossed and Arthur Smith uh, put together a really great offense and they had the most amount of offensive touchdowns in the NFL the last two years that's nice Um, 
Well, it, like I wrote in a, in a piece this weekend that you can check out at chasenomspodcast.com, I I don't know. It Like, they have big questions to answer. Like, the offensive line was bad this year. Jake Matthews getting up there. Uh, Alex Mack might just retire. Uh, Hennessy looked okay, but the left guard spot, problem. Right tackle, okay. With McGarry, Lindstrom, pretty solid. But, like, you know, they're not elite. And they have to get elite to change things. And Julio's not getting any younger. And now Calvin Ridley can be a number one. But are you really going to swallow uh, swallow that um, bullet to trade Julio? And how will the fan base react to that? Because you're not trading Ryan this year. But everything about Ryan comes down to what he does with the, the offensive line in front of him. If he gets time this upcoming season, then the Falcons are going 10-6, and 11-5. If he doesn't get time, they're going 5-11, and 4-12 and 12 again. It comes down to literally how well they protect their franchise quarterback will be 36 um i don't know i'm excited i think hiring an offensive mind is always the way to go at this point unless you're damn sure this dude can be mike zimmer and uh keep a top 10 defensive dvoa defense year over year um i don't know i think it uh it's it's interesting but i think the cap stuff is scary um this is a very top heavy roster the cap is under weird circumstances right now. They might keep it steady for 21, 2021. Um, they're, they don't have no cap space. This is their group. They have a lot of holes, no cap space. It's a really rocky situation for Terry Fontenot to walk into, but um, I don't know. It's still a win-now team. I still think Matt Ryan's good enough to win. Uh, I think he's closer to that number nine, number 10 range, and he's been in the last two years in QBR. But, uh, you know, and I've already talked myself into Dean P's coming out of retirement. Uh, to join Arthur Smith's staff and run this defense at least for a couple years, and then my favorite, Jadavian Clowney. I'm all I, I'm ready to get hurt again. I I don't care. I want Jadavian Clowney in Atlanta, and that's a possibility. I oof. I think I think the Falcons are in a good situation all overall, right? I think they they've got a good draft pick. I don't think they have to go quarterback. They could go quarterback and just completely blow it up if that happens. You know, obviously, it's going to be impossible to get rid of Matt Ryan, but you could hire or draft a quarterback and then just have him sit, although that would be weird. Uh, I think at the end of the day, though, having an offensive-minded quarterback in this league, in this NFL that we have, you're not wrong. Like, it's it's inevitable at this point. And they, they seem to have gotten a, a good one. Uh, you know, shout-out to Charles McDonald. Uh, aka four verts on Twitter. Uh, you and him are obviously the, the resident Falcons fans, um, and he was very happy about the hire. So if he's happy with the hire, I, I feel like it's got to be a good thing. But I mean, Calvin Ridley is is the best wide receiver too in the NFL, right? Yeah. There's some things I'm I'm curious. Uh, what happens with your defensive backs? Oh, uh, they'll uh, be bad. I mean, that's kind of the thing. But see, that's my thing is I don't give a – I I just – I don't give a shit about the defense. Like, I don't think the defense is solvable this year. Like, I I care about the offensive line. That's all I care about. Just focus on one thing. The the defense is absolutely, absolutely solvable when you have a top pick like you do. They're not going defense at number four. (sighs) Every quarter – every every other – the first – the other – the only picks are going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. You will be able to take the best player. Well, no, I want Penesul. If we don't, if we, if the top three quarterbacks are taken, I want Penesul. Hey, I'm, I'm always okay with that. Shout out to Oregon legend Penesul. 
Yeah, no, give me another offensive lineman. Don't care where you got to plug him in. Uh, that No, I want offensive line. If you're not going to take the Zach Wilson or Justin Fields and they're not there, then you, you go Panay Sewell or the, whoever you believe is the best offensive tackle in the draft. Um, right. That That is what I would do. Um, your team, though. Lost their DC. You're like we mentioned. You promoting from within. There's so much going on. So much going on. Forty Niners. There you go. Lay it out for us. Well, so I mean, obviously the little things, right? Uh, you know, uh, Robert Sala is now the New York Jets head coach. Uh, he will be picking in the in the top three as well. Uh, obviously, he's got the number two overall pick. Uh, he is going to be bringing with him uh, a coordinator. We just hired uh, or we just promoted Mike McDaniel uh, while he's taking one of the LaFleur brothers. Um, How many are there? I think there's just the two. Mm. Well, Jeff Ulbrich then, is also joining him because the Falcons right. and Niners are just – they're joined together forever. Forever connected at the hip. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's – all those little pieces moving around. Uh, you know, obviously the 49ers are getting uh, to take advantage of one of the new rules, right, where – your team has a minority, uh, uh, you know, coach be promoted to head coach with another team. You get a comp pick, so they're getting, I think, what was it two third round comp picks because of him? Oh, I didn't know. Pretty, this. yeah. He is hmm. the first uh, Muslim head coach in the NFL history. It's all pretty awesome for him. Um, so obviously, there's a little bit of shakeup. That you know, Mike McDaniel is a great story. He started. As uh, an intern in Houston in 2005, a uh, guy struggled with alcoholism, had some kind of, you know, uh, issues with drug and, and addiction uh, himself. So for him to come all this way and become, you know, the offensive coordinator on a, uh, on a team like that is great news for him. We're excited for Robert Sala. Personally speaking, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's either going to be really good or really bad. And I don't know that it's going to be really good. Interesting. I think this is a pretty, like based on what we're seeing with the staff, I think Ulbrich is a really good defensive mind. And I think getting him a solid is a great, great thing. And you know, he, re- um, he reminds me of Jim Harbaugh. Mm. Like Jim Harbaugh is not going to go back to being a coordinator. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he'll hire the right people around him or you would hope that he would. That's what he did in San Francisco. Right. Like Robert Sala is, I don't know that he's going to be this incredible head coach, especially right away. We didn't really see a whole lot in San Francisco. And obviously the first couple of years he struggled, but then the last couple of years, he obviously significantly improved. He's got the, you know, fans, players all love him. Um, but yeah, I, he's, it's a good thing that he's going to be able to bring, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan coaching tree for the offense. He's got a lot of good, good, you know, people coming around the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he's got pretty solid pieces to work with, right? You know, Quentin Williams is there. They've obviously got Mackay Becton, who's a beast. So, like, I, I think you have some cornerstones. Um, I wish him, wish him all the best. I'm, what do you think about I'm Mike not... McDaniel's look? What kind of? What do you think about his aesthetic? His look? Are you talking? Are you talking about my tweet from today? <laughs> I saw that picture. And I looked at that and I was like, that can't be him. And then I looked and I was like, yeah. oh, that, that's 100% him. So, yeah, I said Mike – so Mike McDaniel looks like uh, a guy who, you know, would invite you over to his house to listen to Immortal Technique and mm-hmm. watch conspiracy theory videos. He's also, like, really short. Is this dude 5'4"? 
Something like that. Yeah. He, he he looks like the kind of guy that you would see like at a house party on the back porch smoking cigarettes and freestyling mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. being really good at it. You know what I'm saying? Like we all have. He all was in like person. two episodes of Broad City. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's super weird. He he totally looks like, uh, you know, he's a huge MF Doom fan and probably owns some rock aware from mm-hmm. like early, mm-hmm. early 2000s. In the closet, and then the other little floor looks nothing like his brother. Right. They look nothing alike. It's a weird little – this coaching – Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, LaFleur coaching tree thing is super weird. These people are all very connected. It's like a cult. <laughs> um. Yeah, we need to get Chris Sims on to figure all this out. He can He can un- unmask all of this. Um. Let's bounce around this weekend's games, Mr. Swords. Um, I think we have to start with the Bucks, 30, Saints, 20. Drew Brees, by all accounts, looks like this is the end for him. Shout out to Drew. Um, sad, sad way to go out. Not very good in this game. Threw a lot of ducks. Michael Thomas held. Catchless. Four targets, zero catches. Can't guard Mike. Not a good not a good weekend for him. Um, Kamara had to do everything. I... The Saints' defense was exceptional in this game. My takeaway was, like, Breeze wasn't good, but Brady wasn't either. And I I don't know, man. Like, it, it's kind of crazy that this is just gone. This is it for Drew Breeze and this group. And, yeah, people look at it as, like, failures with their third straight home playoff loss and all that kind of stuff. But, like, they have been so damn good for a decade plus. They got the ring, ultimately. Yeah, you'd like to have more. But it's hard. Winning it, that was a special hard. ring, though, especially like Hurricane Katrina and yeah. all that. That was a great, one of the greatest NFL stories. Yeah, it, it really ever. was. And they've been a top 10 offense in offensive DVOA for every single season of the Peyton Breeze era, except for one. They've just been insane, and they've reinvented themselves over and over again. Dennis Allen has just been a godsend coaching that defense, and they've just they've scouted so well. They've been up against the cap. They've been in cap hell for I. I swear the entirety of my adult life, but like they've made it work and they've tried everything they can to win a multiple Super Bowls. And look, they they only got the one, and they've had a lot of playoff heartbreak. But like, it's still a great organization. They still have done a great job. Drew Brees is just insane to be able to do this at his age. And if this is it, as it seemed to be, like you know, I'm. It, it's kind of cool that the ending was Tom Brady throwing touchdown passes to his son in the end zone that that's a cool way to go out yeah i mean you were obviously way bigger on the saints this year than i think you should have been mm. um obviously drew Brees is you know he is it's sad to say but he is you know having the same fate suffering the same fate that a lot of great quarterbacks have suffered where they just finally get too old and the things that made them great, they can't do anymore. You saw it with Peyton Manning winning a you know, Super Bowl and then basically not even being able to get the ball out of his hand. Um, I don't think – you know, you saw it with Brett Favre uh, a couple times. Uh, so I – it wasn't the Cinderella story that I think he would have liked to have had uh, throwing three interceptions in your last game and losing in a playoff game is never the way you want to go out when you're a hall of fame quarterback. 
But at the end of the day, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think the Saints need to move on. They've got to think about their future now. <laughs> it's not Jameis Winston. Um, but it was cool to see them hang out, Brady and Breeze, with their kids at the end. Uh, you know, there's things that I think we just don't appreciate as much as we should. So, I agree. I agree. Um, Chiefs, 22 Brown 17. This is my favorite game of the weekend. Um, the fumble to the end zone roll. Are you a fan? I, 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 you know, Eric Crocker, former NFL player, um, kind of coworker. Yeah. You know, he explains it in a way of like, right, this is the end zone. This is a protected space. It's, you know, you can't mess up here. I get that, but no, it's fucking bullshit. Like fumbling in the end zone. No, I don't agree with that rule. Find another way to approach it. Cause I just don't like the way that you do approach it. I think I, if I was doing it, I would just make it a touchback to the 20 where like you keep possession, but you go back to, the 20 yard line 20 or 25 or something like you have to start farther back you know what i mean like a touchback of you lose 25 yards something like that right i'm i'm okay with that i'm definitely okay with that i think yardage makes sense knock them back a little bit i'm okay with the idea of if you do you fumble it into the end zone it goes automatically to like a fourth and ten right one shot whatever but that I just you see the way it ruined that game. I don't know. What are your thoughts? It didn't ruin the game. I thought the game was pretty amazing, but it was just one of those where you're like, Ugh, I don't understand why we do this. This was this is just terrible. Um, but I don't know, man. Like I just, it was a game changer. Like the Browns deserve so much credit. We won't remember this, but they kept fighting, and I think Stefanski did a great job. Baker Mayfield was really good in this game. I thought he did enough to keep them in it. His average depth of the target was 5.6 yards downfield, which wasn't great considering his average season average was 9.2. But um, he was also super accurate on deep balls. He um, th- All three of his deep balls that included 20 yards or more through the air were completed. Um, watching this game, I was just like, you know, this, this was just a close loss to a better team. Um, yeah, not having Mahomes changed it for the Chiefs too, and that helped things. But... I mean, we'll remember the the dive. I just I don't know how you don't on the targeting thing or on the um, touchback thing that you don't have a targeting thing where like that wasn't clearly helmet to helmet. So it's just like right. It, it was just a bang bang awful situation, and everything that could have gone wrong for the Browns there did. Um, I don't know. And then like the the home stuff's really scary because like his stuff, like we're assuming he's gonna play, but like he didn't get hit in the head. Like his whole thing was like his neck and like the way he fell and just it, he looked out of it. Like that looked really, really scary. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like they said today that he's completely fine. So I, I don't know what to think, but who knows? What do you think about Tyree kill pushing his coach? So I don't understand it. Like it didn't look good, but then they're saying he was just joking. Yeah, like, I don't understand. I let me just say this: I don't know how to. Un, I, I don't. You tell. Like once we figure out the answer, if he's just playing around with his coach, sure, whatever. If he was pushing his coach, fuck that guy. 
But then again, I'm all, I've already got plenty of reasons to say fuck that guy. So, for sure, for sure. Um, ballsy play to go for it on fourth and one. the The run by Henny was just absurd. Like that that whole run was absurd. The spot looked bad when we first saw it, and then on second glance, you're like, no. Um, what did you make of Romo in this game? A lot of people were reacting to Romo. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't really paying much attention to no? him announcing the game. I Dude, was he was going game. full pro wrestling commentator in this game. Really? Yes. Romo was on one, as the kids say. Just in what sense, though? Like, like getting fired up about excited? Calls. No, getting fired up about officiating and everything. Like, he was, he was fired up. Not a fan. Hmm. Yeah. Romo. Very, uh... As uh, what what's the word? And not elated. Um, just he, he was electric. Um, he was on one, you know. Um, but yeah, he's probably Chiefs excited. It's the playoffs. He's trying to. He's trying to. He's trying to. You know what I'm saying? Like he's trying to get involved. All right. Well, here are the two games that you prefer to to go off, King. Um, about Buffalo seventeen, Ravens three. My notes here. All I have for the Ravens is that man, I. They need more playmakers. Like Marquise Hollywood Brown is not enough. And I was thinking about the outside. Like he, Lamar looks at uh, Mark Andrews way too much. They need more firepower. And it's kind of crazy to think about considering what they came into the season with. Where I was like, I thought they had a pretty good amount. And like the J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram and all. But that that didn't really help them here. And they got shut down in the, in the run game by the Buffalo. And uh, I my biggest takeaway was like, man, the Ravens really need another playmaker. They need a Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith. Like they need a... Uh, they need another guy out wide for Lamar Jackson. Do you, being, you had to know when they when they signed Des Bryant yeah, things that were they would be struggling with offensive playmakers. I don't know, man. Like, I got to say, don't – you know, I apologize for being biased, mm. but I watched this happen before. I've seen it all. I have watched it. I have seen it almost exactly word for word. Greg Roman gets a young, exciting, mobile quarterback, and then he, you know, has really good running uh, schemes. The team runs well, and then they realize real quickly that Greg Roman will only run the fucking ball, and they just figure out the quarterback, and the quarterback isn't allowed to do what he's best at, and then this stuff happens. It happened with Cap. It happened. We were screaming towards the end too, like, "Yo, Cap doesn't have enough weapons. Like, forty-year-old Anquan Bolden isn't enough. Michael Crabtree's not enough. Like, you know, we need to get him real weapons. Torrey Smith is not the guy. Uh, you know." But is that a bulky air or a Greg Roman air? My point is just that Greg Roman exists this way. Like, he can't make magic out of mediocre weapons and he's going to use, he's going to end up putting his quarterback in a situation to fail. I mean, I don't think Lamar Jackson is a bad passer. I don't, I think he's a good quarterback and right now it doesn't seem like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the exciting Lamar Jackson that we know wasn't on the field three points in a playoff game. Not good. And the Buffalo, Buffalo defense is good. I mean, you know, you know, I'm excited about the Buffalo Bills as a whole. I, I think I'd be remiss. We have to talk about how you know Lamar Jackson got injured, and Buffalo fans, 
got together and have now since donated over like $380,000 to Lamar's charity just because Buffalo fans are like, yo, this is like what we want to be known as being the dope fans that do something good for the quarterback that just lost to us in the playoffs because we're excited and happy to be here. So I thought that was really dope. For sure. And that's a good point to bring up. Good on you, Buffalo fans. Good on you. Um, the last game that I want to touch on. Packers 32, Rams 18. The Aaron Rodgers Aventor. You you tweeted this at me. This was the game that I paid least amount of attention to. Part of this was because Tennessee basketball was on at six, so they got more Pathet- of my attention there. And uh, you know, pathetic. They they won and uh, look great. Like the number six team in the country, Tennessee Volunteers. You love to see it, folks. Um, this game was never in doubt. Like Jared Goff was never going into Lambeau and beating Aaron Rodgers. This was not a thing. Um, kudos to Sean McVay for keeping it relatively close, but it wasn't close because there was no scenario where outside of Rodgers getting hurt, the Rams winning that playoff game in Lambeau, but a uh, great year for them. Brandon Staley obviously gets the Chargers job and might bring some more people from uh, McVay's staff, but McVay deserves all the credit in the world for getting them this far. That defense was incredible. Jalen Devontae going at it was great, but this was a ground and pound thing. Like the Packers, Think the best thing about the Packers this year versus last year, I think, is it seems like they're more versatile. LaFleur's group is more versatile offensively. They can do more. They don't have to rely on Aaron Rodgers. They don't have to worry about their limited guys outside of Devontae Adams out wide. Um, you know, can I have you do something because you're about to do it anyway? So mm-hmm. let me just have you teed up for you. Can you like convince me? that the Packers actually have a really good defense and it's going to be enough to win the Super Bowl. Because I am I think two things can be true. They don't have a really good defense, watched, but they might have an average defense. They might have a good enough defense to beat like the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yes. But you guys, everyone needs to understand this and accept it. And I get it. Patrick Mahomes is incredible. The Chiefs have been very exciting. They're not beating the Bills. Oh, Wow. Oh wow, we're just diving right into the. You are really. I, I just see that feels to me like um, the Browns almost beat the Chiefs. They didn't. I mean, if Mahomes stayed in the whole game, are, are we sure? Like, were you really ever concerned that the Browns were going to win that game? If the Browns wouldn't have got that, I'm telling you, man. If they if they didn't fumble in the end zone, the Browns deserve a lot of credit. Happened. I think the Browns gave a, a a much more realistic shot at taking them down than. The Rams did against the Packers, but if that guy wouldn't, if if that targeting never happened, they didn't Mm -hmm. score, and they would have scored there. That's a whole different game. And my point isn't that I thought the Browns were going to win. I'm just saying the Browns kept it very close. The Bills are a much better team than the Browns. Oh, I absolutely. I think it'll be a great game, and it would not surprise me if you already look at the lines. It's minus three Chiefs at the moment, and it's three and a half. Well, Packers. yeah, you like no one has any idea right Mahomes now. Mahomes' health, right? Well, I also just think but it's a I, coin flip. I really do think it's a coin flip in both these games. I don't. Mm. But hey, I appreciate you. Can you name you, uh, the current starting left tackle for the Green Bay Packers? I don't. Why would I know the backup? Well, the reason is because they had Jared Vilda here, came out of retirement. He tested positive right. for COVID. He's gone. Um, right. No David Bakhtiari. Maybe, one, if not the best left tackle in football, like his blind side, gone. 
It's right. Ricky Wagner, a cap casualty from Detroit at left tackle. I just that is my biggest concern. That is that is what I'm thinking about. That is what I'm thinking about this week against the Bucks. That's what I'm thinking about against the Chiefs or the the Bills if that's what it comes to. I am terrified about that spot if I'm a Packers fan. I'm still just terrified about that. I, I like I said, my buddy, my buddy who's a Cowboys fan, my mm. he's very he was very confident. He's like the Packers are going to win. The Packers are going to win. And I'm like, the Packers have done very well this year. But as a 49ers fan, after what happened last year in the playoffs, like I just, I I'm I'm going to need to see them do it. So are you like? I, can't. I feel like you're taught. You're saying that you are a believer that the Bills are winning the Super Bowl this year. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I'm t- yeah. Bill, oh yeah. Do you understand how many broken tables there are going to be in the in the month of February? Oh man. Bills Nation is going to go nuts. Think about the Eagles fans, right? And how many snowballs they threw at Santa Claus when they won the Super Bowl. There are going to be the Bills fans. I mean. The, can I do my rankings and most likely for me, and you can do yours? Yeah. I think it's one Chiefs, two Packers, three Bills, four Bucks in order. Ooh. I See, here's the here's the thing. I know the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Mm. <laughs> Everything else after that, though, is up in the air. Like, obviously not. Wait, what's after that? Here. What do you mean? Like, I'm not, my my confidence in those teams. Oh, okay. Like, I'm, I'm, like to me they all exist on a very similar plane right now i think the packers the chiefs and the bucks at any given moment can beat any team in the nfl but i don't think they're this solidified powerhouse that you usually see this deep in the playoffs right like i just i i i i can't you can't convince me that the packers are going to the super bowl until they're mm-hmm. there cuz i watched them get Steamrolled by an undrafted free agent named Raheem Mostert, mm. and I just, I just don't trust it. I, the Bucks, you know, I think it would be a good story uh, for the people that hate the Patriots, you know, for the people that have hated Tom Brady for so long and want to maybe finally be able to root for the guy. Who I still hates Tom Brady? Who are these people? Who are these weirdos? Well, you know, first and foremost anybody in the AFC East mm. anyone and honestly even Patriots fans now probably not obviously that would be some psycho oh, no, shit that's but... just insane if you're a Patriots yeah. fan not happy for Brady yeah. I, I don't even know what to I do know. with you as a sports but, fan I don't know what to do but with yeah and then as a 49ers fan he's got more rings than Montana I don't like that mm. but either way my point mm. is not that my point is just that I don't – the Bucks aren't a powerhouse team to me that are going to come in and dominate the playoffs. I think the only team that is a powerhouse team in the playoffs still is the Bills. And if Mahomes was, like, perfectly healthy, I, I'm you, that argument's much easier. Although, I just, I just don't – I don't know, man. I think the 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 Chiefs at the best version that they've had the last few years, like the best Chiefs that you saw right last year, before he got it, Mahomes got injured, um, they destroy that Browns team. To, yeah, you know this week. I do. I I didn't see that happen. I mean, bro, the Bills beat Lamar Jackson. He did not score a touchdown. Yeah. 
I Utter think the Bills are really good. I just think the Chiefs are Alabama of the NFL. Like, I, I just think until – like, I will always bet on the Chiefs until Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes are not – like, they just lose. Like, I'm always going to predict them. Like, I'm still picking the Chiefs on the Super Bowl. I'm still doing that until those three are shown that they can't do it at this point in their careers. Like, those three are just – it's just unstoppable. It really is. I mean, so annoying. The Falcons should have beat them, by the way. The Falcons should have beaten that group. So, yeah, I do think they're beatable. But not to go back into that just awful Sunday afternoon for me. But I don't know. I um, I could see the Bills. And I think the Bills is a more fun story. And I think if we get Bills-Packers, that'd be great. Bills-Bucks would be great just with the Bills-Tom Brady connection. I think that'd be pretty awesome. Um, I don't know. I think uh, this is just going to be an awesome weekend. I think this is just a really awesome championship weekend. And the NFL is probably pretty pumped about these two matchups. Um, your what the fuck moment of the week, Mr. Swords. There weren't a lot of what the fuck moments no. of the week, but I will say I've got a couple. Uh, I think what is unfolding in Houston is becoming a very what the fuck situation. Uh, there's a lot of things that Mike Silver uh, said today by the way mike silver i'm a huge fan obviously i love mike silver uh i quote tweeted something he said today that was got information uh on the 49er situation and it said like mike's the fucking best or something like that and he goes hey man what happened to your other account mike silver <laughs> asked me my worthless nobody ass. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, what happened to you? I was like, it was like, filled my heart up to the brim, bursting with joy. I was like, that's just pr- pretty cool. But anyways, his information on the Houston Texans and how he's kind of like alluding to, there's so many things going on behind the scenes that players are not happy with how they handle uh, players. You know, like I said earlier, how they're handling this coaching search, yada, yada, yada. Like, kind of what the fuck like it's pretty bad but for me i think the true what the fuck of the week was drew Brees in his last game ever throwing three interceptions that is nuts not a real drew Brees moment is it no but that's why you know it, there's this really annoying thing now where we're just like well that's not uh, how you want it like it usually ends badly it just ends like so father time we know how this works for most people. Like it usually isn't a great ending. Like this fairy tale ending stuff that people are always surprised about. Like, oh, that's not the way you want to go out. Like, well, guess what? It was probably going to go out badly. He wasn't like the odds of him winning a Super Bowl title to end his career. Very slim. Rarely happens. Not everyone's doing the John Elway thing where you win the Super Bowl back to back and you just retire. Like you don't. That's really hard. Most of time it's bad. Most of time you get forced out. Most of the time it's just like, oh, this is just sad. Go away. Like that's the majority of what happens in sports and in life is that you get to a point where you're old and not good at your job anymore and you get forced out. Yeah. It's sad. I, mean, I don't like it, but that that's the more common thing in life. But now we're just like, oh, what uh, what a sad ending. It's like, well, no, that's that's how it's going to be probably. It's going to be like he that. Should Peyton have Manning. Retired last year. Do you remember Peyton Manning's Super Bowl? He hit threw seven I, touchdowns and 19 picks that season. Like we just moved on from that. Like it usually just ends bad. Even for the all-time greats, it usually ends poorly absolutely yeah so i'm fired up about that it's a dumb take but um yeah your spiciest take mr sword sword says time 
my spiciest take. Your spiciest the Chiefs take are right now. The, the Chiefs are the fourth, fourth worst team in the playoffs. Wait, fourth worst. Wait, what do you mean? They're the like... four, of the four of the four teams left in the playoffs. They're the worst. Oh my god! <laughs> right now, I'm factoring in Mahomes' injury, but okay. Oh wow. That that that's spicier than I was expecting. You act you asked for spicy, baby. That is spicy. I I like it. I I like it. I I don't agree, but I do like it. I like the boldness. Listen, man, you just have to understand that your podcast has been a vehicle mm-hmm. all year long for me to be right. That's all it has. Oh, it's just been a con. It's just a never so vehicle for you for me to have that was my, my long takes be correct, and I appreciate it. Yeah, that was I my really long con to to prop you up and make me look entirely too foolish you you, you caught me as walter white said um, well hey no it doesn't mean that you were wrong mm. i was just right about the things that i said oh okay that's fair um are you ready to do our weekend picks i think we already know where we're going oh yeah okay you can just talk about it if you want by all means i think we've already covered it right like i i think the packers are winning and i think uh the chiefs are winning i'm more like the Chiefs Bills, I've no I, like it. Really, just I go back and forth on it. But like, I would be really stunned if the Packers actually lost to the Bucks. Would you be stunned? That's how we can frame it. I just, it's hard to say. Here's here's the thing that one, Aaron Rodgers is obviously the better quarterback right now, but Tom Brady has these fucking moments where. There's no way on earth he should be winning, and he does it anyways. And, you know, I think, what was it? They said, like, I'm trying to think. It was like, oh, yeah, Tom Brady in one year has reached the NFC Championship once, and the Dallas Cowboys in 26 years has never once reached the NFC Championship or some absurd stat like that. Um and it just shows that, like, Brady's just – it's insane that he's even able to do this right now. So I want to say logically that the Packers should win, but, like, we might see some weird shit. We might see Brady throw four touchdowns, five touchdowns. We might see, like, a really good old-fashioned Bay Area quarterback gunslinging game. So – I'm going to take the Packers just because I think it's the smarter pick. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady does some crazy shit. That said, Bills are winning it all. I like I like your confidence. I, I like it. That'd be a good feel-good story. But I'm going to go Chiefs-Packers and Chiefs winning it all. That's the case, but we still got to get through this weekend. Um, story time. My favorite closing segment that we have to do. Because we live very interesting lives, Evan. And people want to know what uh, we're up to during the week, especially during COVID. Um, what is your story I, I have, time this week? Well, I have a few stories. Oh, okay. Um, I'm ready. But, I mean, so first and foremost, uh, I've been snowboarding a lot since mm-hmm. I got here. I got here on the 5th. Um, I think this is my seventh time today going snowboarding. Uh, we went the other night, and it was very icy because it hadn't snowed here in a while. Please don't die. And I am. Um, You've got like, a podcast to do. First run, I, I, I clipped snow. I clipped the ice because there's basically no powder at all. So it's almost just like skating. And I clip it on the nose, 
uh, toe side and just like a cartoon, like a full on roll and like just spin in the air, like doing like a, like a 360 almost and land right on my ass, like tailbone left side. And I'm like, really not good. And I was like, oh, this really hurts, whatever. So today we go snowboarding. Conditions are a million times better. Uh, we go like five runs. I'm getting tired towards the end of the day. And I'm going through these trees and like taking kind of like a less known path, right? Kind of like cutting through the forest. Um, and a skier basically cuts me off and I fall. And I land on the exact spot, only harder and to the point now where I can't like I can't lift my left knee up all like just, you know, to my hip without pain. So I've severely injured my butt. Uh, That's that is to me landing on the same spot twice is pretty ridiculous. Yikes. Be careful out there, my friend. I I usually don't go. I'm like, I'm not good enough to go really fast to where I'm worried. I'm mm-hmm. you know, usually in pretty control. I don't, I'm not one of those people that like pushes myself and tries to do crazy shit. Please don't. My say, Yeah. So. Okay. Um, my story time this week. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I am, uh, <laughs> I I run every day now. That's like one of my favorite things. I with the gyms and stuff like that. I just I run and that's my time and it's 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 just great. But it's it's cold and I'm really not great at judging how cold it is outside when I start a run. And what I mean by that, folks, is forty doesn't feel like forty when you walk outside in the sun at two o'clock in the afternoon. 40, 38, that kind of degree. Like, you're not familiar with that anymore, Mr. LA guy. But, like, you don't you don't really feel it. And I went out today for my run. And I was like, I don't need gloves. Just a light hoodie. Shorts. Running shoes. Beanie. Started running. We were, like, three-fourths of a mile in. And it was burning. Like, I was just in pain. My fingers were frozen like i it was one of those joe blues i've made a horrible mistake i made a huge mistake and it was too late i committed because i'm a stubborn person i was like nope still gonna finish it when i say it, if i'm not just bedridden with the flu not covid just the flu for being an idiot and no gloves no face mask while i'm running through in the cold weather it was probably closer to 35 and i was severely underdressed and running against the wind like the wind is just an awful thing the wind should actually be banned in my opinion especially when i'm running and it was just uh it was not good so i was like coughing up and i was like i could not feel my fingers when i got back into my house i was uh, i was stunned at just just how bad of an idea that really was and i should have just turned around a mile in and just been like i need if i'm gonna finish this i need to go get some some more clothes on because it's too cold for me to do this and, uh, yeah, that is, that is my story. I am not the brightest person. Yeah, don't, don't do that. You're telling me not to kill myself. What are you doing? I, I, not my best decision, Evan. I, I, hmm. it, I just didn't make a great decision. Um, movie Drink recommendation time though, to, to wrap up here. Um, I did at the end of the games on Saturday and Sunday, 
with the lady. We uh, we watched Midsummer on Saturday. Have you seen that? No, isn't that like a crazy scary movie? Dude. Fucked, fucked up, up movie. to an unreal degree. Super long. I scared the dog uh, multiple times with my reactions, but it actually grows closer together because the dog was very concerned about me throughout the weekend because I was just, I was losing it. Um, it was, it was crazy. That movie, just mind, just mind blowing. It, it's great. Highly recommend it. But the best movie was last night. I, it just came out. Um, and I'm, I always mess this up. The, oh yeah, The Promising Young Woman. You can rent it on Amazon Prime right now. It's also in theaters. Bro. Also insane. Like, this movie is bonkers. Like, I just had a whole weekend of bonkers movies. And uh, the lady friend sent to uh, her friend, like, oh, I made Chase watch Midsummer and Promising Young Woman this weekend. And he was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, it was a, it was a heavy weekend for me. Yeah. I don't. I've, I've I've heard people talk about Midsummer. I will never, never watch it. Oh no! You're not gonna it. watch it? No way! I don't do those movies. Okay. What about uh, Promising Young Woman? No. In maybe. Maybe maybe maybe. I just watched uh, Wandavision first two episodes. Pretty good. Okay. Okay. All right, Mister Swords. Um, that's all I've got. When are you getting your account back? What's What's the latest? What's the What's the scuttlebutt? I, I give I've I, I haven't saying I've given up, but I've I've kind of given up. I think Oh no. I, I think they'll maybe I think maybe if they do one day they'll just turn it back on. Um I don't know when that'll be, but I mean like I've I've done their appeal process like thirty times, never gotten a single response. Like a, not much I can do at this point. Well, that's lame. Twitter, bring it back. Um the people need it. But um for that guy in Salt Lake. Where are we, Mr. Swords? Salt Lake? I am in Salt Lake City at Brighton Resort. All right. Well, happy early birthday, my friend. Thank you for making the time on your vacation. I greatly appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next week when you are very sad and wallowing and, and multiple and white very, claws. And very old. Very old. 33 Sowards. You love it. Well, again, happy birthday, my friend, and uh, I will talk to you next week. All right, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York.